Hey, it's David Radney, your host of Scotch and Scripts, the podcast. Today, we're talking about a word that I no longer want us to use, price reduction. So have a listen at our conversation around pricing property correctly. If you get value from this podcast, please subscribe. Thank you again for joining. Uh, today, um, Raj, I want to thank you for being on the call. Um, Raj and I had a conversation yesterday and it really got me thinking about price reduction about one of his listings and it got me thinking a lot about number one the term price reduction I, I believe that we should stop using that term and there are a couple terms we, we might want to use in place of it price improvement what do you guys think about price improvement or price adjustment I use price adjustment yeah I like price do. adjustment mm-hmm I've used price improvement and the clients really like that. They feel like yeah. in a high class house, whether they are or not. Fair enough. So can we scratch price reduction out of our vocabulary and replace it? Price adjustment or price improvement. So the first thing I want to say about needing to get a price reduction is that the only reason that we need to get one typically is because we were outscripted by the seller and we ended up pricing at their price, not where the home would actually sell. I think you guys would all agree with that. And so the biggest thing, if you're not doing it already, and I know I talk about this often, we have to pre-qualify and we really need to understand what their motivation is. We really need to dig deep because if we don't truly understand their motivation, we're not gonna be able to hit the pain points or the pleasure points to get them to price the property correctly. So make sure that you're pre-qualifying. If you're not pre-qualifying, if you don't know how to pre-qualify correctly, uh, send me a message. I'll send you over the pre-qualifying questionnaire. And then it's your job to go through every single question so that you can make sure you're taking the listings at the right, at the right price. So send me a direct message. I'll send it to you. So we already know to pre-qualify. So the next step, in my, in my opinion, is once you get the listing, we have to be setting expectations for our sellers. And I don't know how many of you guys do this. If you do it, raise your hand so I know. When we take a listing, we should be telling the seller, one, one of three things is gonna happen. One, we're gonna come on the market, we're gonna have tons of showings, and we're gonna get an offer that you find acceptable. And that's the outcome that we're looking for. The second thing that's gonna happen is, we'll get some buyer activity, but we're not gonna get any offers. And so if that's the case, it shows that we're on track with pricing, but we haven't quite hit the mark. And so we're going to have to make, you know, a little bit of an adjustment with price. And the last thing that can happen is we hit the market and we completely miss the mark and we have no showings whatsoever. And if that happens, then that's the market telling us directly that we're overpriced and we're going to have to have an adjustment. So one of the three things will happen. Of course, number one is the top outcome, and that's what we're looking for. If number two or three happens, then we're going to have to have a conversation about, you know, doing a price improvement or having a price adjustment. So we set that expectation up front. And then we have to do something that's called a weekly update with our sellers. And I, I love how Mike Ferry says this. Mike Ferry is my guy. He says, not weekly, W-E-A-K, weekly but weekly W E E K, which means once a week, have an update with your seller and let them know what's going on. And so when I take a listing and I know, I, I know Tony does this and I know a few of you guys do it. When I take a listing, I tell my seller, I communicate with my clients on Tuesdays between 11 and one. How do you like to be communicated phone, email or text? And they'll let me know 
and I send them an update every week. And the updates can be, we had no showings this week. Like they're, they're not always gonna be great news, but we need to be communicating with our sellers on what's happening with our property. I'm big on getting expires. And you know, the biggest complaint I hear from expires, can anyone guess? What's the biggest complaint I hear from expired listings? They never heard from their agent. That's it. No communication. No communication. I never heard from my agent. They got the listing and they ghosted me. And so when those agents come back around later and they're working to get a price reduction, the seller's like, I haven't heard from you. I don't know what you've been doing. Like, have you really worked hard to market and sell my house? And so they end up firing that agent or letting it expire because the agent didn't do their job and communicate on a weekly basis. So that's what we need to be doing every week is communicating. And let me, let me share my screen with you guys. Give me one second here. Okay. This is New Jersey MLS. I did a printout from Wyckoff. And I, what I did is I looked at a month back. How many active properties are there currently in, in Wyckoff? How many sold in the last month? And then how many went under contract in the last week? And so when I'm having like a weekly call with my seller, I might pull up a report like this. And I would say to my seller, let, let me just show you something here in Wyckoff. There are currently 56 active properties. And we know that last month, if you look at all the solds, only 33 homes actually sold in Wyckoff. Here's my concern. We didn't have any showings on your house this week. And let's look at what happened in the last week. We had five listings go under contract last week. So what we need to do right now is sit down and talk about having a price adjustment so that next week we're one of the five that actually goes under contract. And then we have that conversation. I'm sharing reports and numbers like this with my sellers every week. You can share tour factory report numbers. I don't care if you send Zillow search resort numbers. You need to be sharing numbers and talking to your sellers every week about the showings they're having or not having, the feedback that you're getting from, from the agents about the property, whether it's a broker tour or people actually showing the property. And you need to be doing one of the four Ps. What's the four P that you really need to be doing after you list a property? Besides prospecting, what's the most important P? Price watching. You need to be price watching every week and telling your seller, this week, these properties sold, these went under contract, and now we have new competition. So when we listed your house two weeks ago, we were the best priced property. However, we've had three more properties hit the market, and they're now lower than your property. So it's time for us to talk about having a price adjustment because you still need to get moved to blank by blank. That's the conversations that we need to be having on a weekly basis. And so if you're having that on a weekly basis and giving them that feedback, when it's time to have that come to Jesus meeting, as I call it, about their price, they've already been set up in the beginning and their expectation has been, if you guys are not receiving offers, you have to have a price reduction conversation. It's not a comfortable conversation. They're not sitting at home excited to hear from you about reducing the price. However, you've told them up front that it's gonna happen. So when you call and you know that they're motivated, they're gonna be open to having that conversation with you guys. So I wanna leave it there and see what kind of feedback or questions you guys have about what we just discussed so far. Um, I've been doing open houses every Sunday. And what I'm finding out is when I, at the door or even on the follow-up phone calls, 
um, yesterday, one of my clients said, oh, which house was that? And they're jumping, they're jumping from house to house to house to see who's going to give the best bargain. So what you're saying is really important because they are comparing and they're, they're going from house to house. Same thing at the door. I heard one of my clients and a lot of them have been saying this, oh, which one is next? Which one is next? So we're, we're getting competitive with a lot of these homes too, especially if you're in an area and then all of a sudden you see another sign going up on a Sunday. Uh, we went from like two signs in one area to four signs in another area and I saw different companies even. So this is what's going on as well. Yeah, and I'm glad that you're noticing that. What we have to do is do a better job of sharing that with our clients and letting them know what's happening. Right? They're hiring us because we know the market. We know what needs to happen to get their home sold. The main reasons homes don't sell is price. After price is condition, after condition, it's us not doing our job. Right? Mm -hmm. However, the way I look at it, if it doesn't sell because of price, it's really our fault. Oh, and there's one more thing. Always find out if you can put a pool in the backyard. That's been the one oh, question now, again Dave. every yeah. time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, Dave, when I, whenever I have a price reduction conversation, it's it's always uh, let's let's take a walk down memory lane. Um, you know, these are things that you prepare you, you should have been preparing from since you're, you're pre listing and, and your listing presentation. Right. So you want to, you know, the, we, we covered the three P's that are that most agents do and price watching is one of them. You, you mentioned that in your in your pre listing or in your listing. Um, the other thing is, um, you remember when we were sitting together and I said, hey, if we don't have any offers in the first two weeks, that means we're priced too high. Yep. Well, it's been two weeks. So they already know that. So so what do you think that means? And, and you ask them and they'll say, well, I guess, I guess we're priced high. Um, right in my listing, my, my pre-listing uh, presentation, it says, uh, you know, my marketing package, it says time on uh time on market works against you. Um, and, and I bring that up too. And I said, listen, you know, we've been on for two weeks. We have this many showings and we've had, you know, zero offers. So what do you think needs to happen? And, and they'll come up with the answer. Um, and, and then you also have to bring up the, the fact of, do you remember when we talked about perception of value and you, and you talk about the computer with the extra, you know, bells and whistles? Well, that's just like this, don't you think? Mm. They, don't, they don't see the value in your house at this price. So what do you think we need to do? And then let them tell you. Yeah. They'll, they'll tell you price reduction. I love how you're asking questions. So you're absolutely right. You say, what do you think we need to do? And when they say reduce the price, you're like, absolutely. In order to get your house sold and get you moved, that's exactly what we need to do. So I was listening to um, Mike, Mike Ferry about this. Mike Ferry is my coach. Um, around price reduction. And one thing he was saying is if the average days on market in your town are 30 and your listing hasn't sold in days and you can't get your, your seller to reduce price, he said you should go take your sign down from the house because all it's doing is telling people you don't know how to do your job. You're advertising that you are not a great agent because you have taken over price listing and you're just advertising to people that you don't know what you're doing. And I, I listened to that and I'm like, that's kind of extreme, but I kind of hear them on that because this is our brand, this is our business. And if we're just having signs up for three, four, five, six months and other homes in the neighborhoods are, are selling in 20 and 30 days, 
it's not great marketing for us. It does make us look bad. So anyhow. Yeah, some sellers that's do not. Sorry, some sellers don't remember the conversation about price reduction. Or they don't want to. <laughs> they, they don't want to remember. They also don't remember the price that you recommended versus the price that they mm -hmm. actually want. And so one practice for that, Haza, is if I ever took a listing in the past, it was a little more than I wanted to. I always have them sign a little piece of paper showing my suggested price, like the comp say, can you initial here just so this was the number, right? This is where I'm telling you the market says we should be priced. I understand you want to start here. But just so you don't get amnesia later on, I, I need you to initial that this was my recommended price because they do get that convenient amnesia. They really do. What's that, Raj? Yeah, no, I, I didn't have that difficult conversation yesterday. I was like, oh, I'm a little tired. I don't want to really do it. And uh, it was such a bad idea. And now it's on my head all day um, because I have to have that conversation. Um, so. Um, but I'm going to have it. I have to have it. It's, it's, it's for all the reasons you just spoke about. It's bad advertising for me. He's getting frustrated. And, um, and we spoke about the price when I first took it. But it's a difficult conversation you just have to have. And I'm going to do it today. It, it is difficult, Raj. However, what you have to keep in mind is they hired you. They believe that you could sell their home. And you can. A part of that is being upfront with them and transparent about where it needs to be priced. And by you not having that conversation every day you put it off, you're, you're actually hurting them. You're not helping them. And so if they truly are motivated and they have a reason for selling this house and they have a place they're looking to get to, every day you hold off having this conversation, you're costing them money. Because yeah, now that's... you might be able to reduce it to here and get it sold. If you keep waiting, then it's going to be here. And that's not, that's not fair to them. So yes, it's uncomfortable. However, as I always say, your income is in direct proportion with your ability to have these difficult conversations because if you don't price it correctly, what will happen? It will expire and they will end up relisting with someone who will price it right and they'll get the, the paycheck you should get. So don't let that happen, man. Go get your money. It has to be reduced a, today. Good morning. I have a quick question. Yeah. Um, is there a science or to um, adjusting the price, like maybe taking it off the MLS for like a week and then bringing it back um, with a lower price? Uh, you know, I know people do things like that and they'll take it off for a little bit and put it back on. I, I really believe that the buyer for the house is out there. They just don't know about it because it's not coming up in their price point searches. So if you take it off for a week, Maybe the buyer that was right for it goes and buys something else. I think you just don't play any games. You get in there, get the best price reduction you can get, and reduce it. There's nothing, in my opinion, there's nothing to be gained from taking it off for a week. Now, other people may have different opinions. I'd like to hear some other opinions if you have them. Yeah, you're better off. Uh, you're better off just changing the splash page picture. Yes, I know what happens a lot of times these days is people look at the house and they, for some reason, they, they look and they say, oh, yeah, no backyard, no garage, too small, not enough bedrooms, overpriced, whatever, and they dismiss it. And then every time they do a, a, a search after that, they're, they're skimming those, those splash page pictures and saying, nope, 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 no. Nope. Oh, here's a new one. What's wrong with this one? And even if you reduce the price, 
they've already looked, they look at the picture and say, I know I dismissed that. I just don't remember why. I just know it's not for me. I'll change the picture. It, it, it's for a condo in West New York. So any um, suggestions would definitely help. It's been on the market for at least a month at this point, And I had zero um, show to my open house on Sunday. Um, I thought I had an offer and, and the buyer, um, he kind of reneged at the last minute. We know how that goes, right? One thing um, I want to say to you and, and to everyone else, I talked to another agent the other day, too, who was talking about their listing, not selling. And we were talking about different things they could do to market it. And even Raj and I talked about this as well. Like, should I be running ads in the New York Times? Should I be doing all this stuff? And I'm like, for what? You're just telling more people you have an overpriced listing. It's like there's no additional marketing that you can do to sell an overpriced listing, you just tell more people you don't know how to do your job. And so the best thing that you can do is price. If it's not selling, it's price. If it's not getting showings, it's price. So the best thing you can do, first and foremost, is price it right out the gate, and then make sure you're updating your seller every week. And then when it's time to have that, that meeting about a price adjustment, have it quickly, get it reduced, and get it sold. So can I, I would like to interject because I, I have a different opinion um, because I believe that her question was if she's going to do a price reduction and because she should she take it off the MLS and then relist it at the lower price. And my experience in doing that and resetting the days on market on the MLS with a new price has increased activity mm. because it comes up as a new listing, zero days on market, right. a fresh new price. So maybe they did see it before and dismissed it, but now they're looking at it as something new, new. Right. But I, I feel like buyers and they're clever. They're going to say they just took this off the market for for a price reduction, and now you're paying a double fee. For the yeah. MLS. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Enrico. I don't. I don't know. Maybe you're right, but I think the increased activity you're seeing is not because you took it off and put it back on. It's because it's a new price, and so. I, and Sally, correct me on this if you can talk on the call. If we take, well, if I could off. just further explain before you before you do that. So the yeah, difference is is that a, a, a doing a price adjustment shows that it, obviously that it was overpriced in the first place. And buyers can come in and say, well, if you were willing to come down this much, now will you come down some more? That's that's my my opinion, my experience. Okay. Everyone yeah. has their own. These buyers in Jersey, they're they're savvy. They'll pull up your history and they already know what you're doing. Right. So, um, yeah. So Sally, if we take a listing off and we put it back on, do we have to pay the MLS fee a second time? Yes, you do. Yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you do. But yeah. some people feel that and I, I can tell you it's true. I, I used to do that. I would take it off, reduce the price, put it back on, and I would get a barrage of phone calls from people saying, realtors saying to me, I saw your new listing, and I wanted to say, you idiot, it's been on for three months. <laughs> <laughs> but there are people who, you know, they, they're not really paying full attention, and they think, oh, good, a new listing. This is awesome. When I've done that in the past, and I guess I withdrew it for like 24 hours on the Hudson MLS, um, I would put it back, and I would do it conditionally, but then they're like, oh, we got calls from other realtors who called our listing, even though it was conditional. And so that was the risk of doing it. Raj, just do it simultaneously if you're going to use that method. 
yeah, withdraw it and put it right back on as a new okay. listing. Yeah, okay. no time. The reality anything. though is that if you don't, if you if you end up if the listing ends up expiring and someone else picks up your listing, they're going to put it on new at a different price. So yep. either way, it's going to be new, zero days on market at a new price. It might as well be you. I can't argue with that. Okay, well, that makes sense. I, I hear you on that. So let me ask you, raise your hands. Who has a listing right now that's been on the market longer than two weeks and has not received an offer that's still active? I see one, two, three. It's got to be more than that. But I see three people right now. Four. Five. Six. <laughs> I see a lot. Tracy's got like 18 hands there. <laughs> um, here, Here's a homework assignment if you guys choose to accept it. Between now and our call on Thursday, I want you to have the price adjustment conversation with your sellers. I want you to sit down with them or get on the phone with them, go back to their motivation before you talk about price and really make sure that they still have motivation to sell their home and then talk to them about where it needs to be priced in order to sell and then get the price reduction form signed and get it reduced. We're running out of time to get deals closed so that they count for 2020. And if you don't get these properties sold and they end up expiring, let me tell you what, we're about to start push where I'm teaching people how to call FISBOs and expires. If you let them expire, somebody else is gonna take them, I'm telling you. Don't let that happen. The only thing keeping them from getting sold in this market is price. And so you gotta go do your job and talk to your sellers. Have that come to Jesus meeting about their motivation and what needs to happen to get it sold get them to sign the price reduction form. And don't go in saying it needs to be down 50 grand. Don't go in and say, oh, we can do 25 and see how it'll work. You know that's not gonna work. Tell them the number they need to hear in order to get, get it sold. Because if their motivation is strong enough, they will listen to you and they will price it correctly. However, if you drop it down 25,000 and you still have the same outcome, no showings and no offers, and then you go back to them again for another price reduction, they're gonna be really upset with you. So just do your job out the gate. Tell them the right number, tell them why it's that number, show them the comps, show them the recent activity, talk about their motivation and get it priced correctly, get it reduced. And then Thursday on Thursday's call, I wanna hear how many of you guys actually have the conversation, whether they listen to you or not, I wanna see who actually had that conversation with their seller and I wanna hear how it went. Fair enough. Fair. Can I say something too? Just yes. For the record. Yes. When, when you, a five thousand dollar price reduction does nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Not not nothing. It does nothing. I used I to have a manager, and if people reduced a price like five thousand dollars, she would say that's a chicken reduction. <laughs> Because it really does nothing. It doesn't. It doesn't trigger any. It doesn't. People that are looking within a, a price range. It, yeah, no, it does nothing. So you, those... you have to reduce it more than 5% because people are making offers within 5%. So if if within 5% was going to do it, somebody would have made an offer by now. It's got to be more than 5%. And if you're not even getting showing, it probably needs to be 10%. Yeah, we, go ahead, go ahead, Tony. We, we would say that's a deck chair off the Titanic. <laughs> it's like, like, what are you doing, you know? So, so 
the, the only thing I want to say is when, when you guys really have to have this uncomfortable conversation, um, confidence is a little important. Courage is very important. That's it. All right. You can also, um, I'm not sure the exact verbiage. I have it, but I don't have it right now. Um, something about, uh, would you like to do the standard price reduction or, you know, Go ahead, David. Do you remember? <laughs> well, I mean, the standard, like Sally was saying, the standard, you know, is 5% or, you know, if we really want to get this done and get you sold quickly, the aggressive, which is 10%. So you can have two numbers, but it needs to be minimum based on what Sally's saying, like 5% to really make a difference. So that's one option. And then 10% is like very aggressive. Let's get a lot of activity in here, dropping it down like 10% or more. When I have the conversation, I have I, I bring a couple of things with me. I use the customer summary version of the MLS because it gives a nice average at the end of each section of active under contract and sold. And so it's very easy for them to follow. I also will pencil in if the solds that are similar to their house, what they originally listed for so they can see what that is so they can set a standard of kind of what's happening in the market. And then I bring the net sheet that shows them that they know we're gonna have a price um, improvement conversation. And so they can see numbers to see what 5% looks like 10%, 15. And I tell them that this price, when you take a price improvement, that first price improvement is your most profitable improvement. And so I want you to be bold. And so then I give them the, the sheet and I actually step away. I said, let me give you a couple of minutes so you guys can talk about it. and come back again, they'll ask for opinion, we'll give opinion, I'll give opinion, but then we step away and that's usually pretty effective in terms of getting them where I want them to be. Kathy, I really like that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And um, I just felt it in my heart, I needed to say this, I don't know who I'm saying this to, but you know who you are. Your commission is not part of the freaking price reduction. So yes, they need to reduce their price, it doesn't mean you reduce your commission. Your commission is never part of the negotiations, period. They are paying you to bring them a willing and able buyer. You go out and do your job. Get paid what you're worth. Because you're having them reduce the price, that does not mean you reduce your commission. You know who I'm talking to. So I'm done. David, how long do you normally wait? to have that conversation would it be a couple weeks depends on the activity in the area no typically what i tell my sellers is you know the national association of realtors and this number may have changed but it used to be you know within two weeks right if we're not getting offers and we don't have a lot of showings we need to have a pricing discussion nowadays i'm looking at what's happening in town for the homes that are priced correctly look at their average days on market i mean we're seeing a lot of towns like eight days right ten days two weeks and they're selling. So if I have a listing in that area and it's sitting there for 30 days and everything else is sold in two weeks, you, you know there's a pricing issue. Got it. Yeah. Are there I mean, cases it, where somebody might make an offer that they, they don't accept? Yeah, I mean, it, it can happen. It can happen, but think about this. If you're working with a, a buyer and you're a buyer's agent and you have similar homes, one is at 500 and one is at 550, 
are you going to spend time making offers on the 550, getting them to come down to 500, or are you going to go talk to the person at 500 and get them to come down to 490? Right? You're going to go after people who are priced correctly and see if there's an opportunity to negotiate, not go deal with someone who's emotional and unreasonable and try to get them to come down to market value. So, yeah, it may happen. Um, however, if there are homes that are priced less and they're comparable homes, they're just going to go buy those homes. And so by having an overpriced listing, you're helping to sell those lower priced properties because agents will come and say, hey, look at this house. It's 550 right you down the same for less yeah. for 500. So let's go buy that one. There's nothing special about the 550 house. It's just overpriced. Here's one similar 50 grand less. That's your house. That's what we go buy. Got so uh, to keep keep asking agents for feedback when you have showings and write them all down and give it to your sellers and say, here, here, all the feedback. It's always going to, it's going to come up. Oh my, you know, if it's overpriced, they're going to say it's too much money. If you guys aren't using the showing time survey. So after someone shows your property, they get a survey. And one of those questions are, how did you think about, what did you think about price? just right too high or whatever, you need to have surveys set up. So after every showing, you're getting detailed feedback, the feedback that you want for your seller. Nobody gives it. I do. I always, I always I do. do. You and sometimes have to chase them I down. Have to beg for it. You have to chase them down. And then you also yeah. can have a setup where they get it like three times. I do. Yeah. Then you have to call and then get it live. And then you can go in and fill in the feedback and have it sent to your seller. However you have to get it, you definitely want to get that feedback because then it's coming from a third party. This is what the buyer and the agents think. It's not me. This is what they are saying about your home. And so it's always better if that survey is filled out. Sometimes you do have to chase them down. And based on what you said, Patty, all of us need to make sure that when we show a property, we know how it feels when people don't give us feedback. Give the feedback. It literally takes one minute. Yeah. Just sit down and supply feedback so agents can hear from you and can reply, you know, get that information to their sellers because we know how it feels on the other side. And if we want people to do it for us, we have to start doing it for them as well. So make, make sure you guys are doing that when you show a property, give feedback. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that I would recommend is when you're sending feedback, send them all of the feedback from the whole time the house has been on the market every time, because if people, if you're just sending like one or two for the week and people say it's overpriced, okay, they just read it and put it aside. If they're getting a page that says overpriced, 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 it has more of an impact that they can see a whole history of people keep saying the same thing. Love it, love it. One of the ideas I also have um, is you actually, when you do the broker open, have a paper there. I mean, I know it's a little difficult now, but um, I've done that in the past where I actually had a survey that I physically handed the agents as they came in and said to them, you know, do me a favor while you're going through. If you don't mind, I need feedback from my client. And they were more than happy while they were you know, eating their lunch or grabbing the food to be able to take two minutes and just fill it out. It was five questions. It was very simple, very quick and very efficient. And I did that because you, know, you need to know um, 
what the agents coming in are actually thinking. And it's directly from the other agents, so I'm not the bad guy. The other thing that I've done with pricing, first of all, when I was a new agent, I actually had another agent come to me on my second visit to the house when I was pricing it so that afterwards I could get a second opinion in terms of pricing, which would help validate what I was doing. And even now, if I'm looking at pricing, if I'm not totally sure, I'll get another eight, I'll reach out to another agent and we'll talk about it a little bit, get some validation or for them to probe or question me more so that we can, I can come to a price that makes sense if I'm unsure about it. But there's resources right there and it's not unusual for an agent to bring another agent into a house a client actually, if you do it well, they feel respected that you care enough to really price their home well. Um, so a couple of tips that have worked for me. I, I don't know if other agents feel awkward about giving feedback. Like you said, Arlene, I, when I started, I used to be, well, I was new to know the pricing, but I always felt like I was going to offend the agent if I thought something was overpriced, but then I figured out that it's not personal. It's not their house. Um, you know, that feedback is so important for them because we're all, you know, agents. They want to hear from us to give feedback. So it's not personal. I used to feel so awkward and I thought if I say how I feel, they're going to be upset. <laughs> That's not the case. That's not the case. They want you to say it's overpriced so they can tell their sellers, see, they need that. They actually want us to be honest or else they wouldn't be asking for the feedback. They want it. They need it. Um, no, I was just going to say, I did, I also called uh, Nina Colgan yesterday. She's like the top one in Glenrock. And she um, she gave me, her. she was so sweet about it. She's like, here's my opinion because she's been here for years. And I was like, this is, I'm struggling with this. And um, she was really good on her input. So I was really grateful for that. Roger, let me ask you this. Because Nina, I know she knows that market's pretty strong there. Based on the number she told you, were you close? And where you thought it should be priced based on what she told you? Not at all. No? Not at all. Okay. I felt like I should have called her before I took the listing. But yeah, no, I'm so far off. I need to get him down. And if I lose it, I lose it. I know I won't lose it. I'll have the courage to have that conversation. You won't lose it. I gotta go. I won't lose it. Have a great one. But, but yeah, so it was, it was like, it was, I uh, called her, she called me back and I had a question. I was like, what do you think it should be priced? And she was really, really, uh, you know, so happy to provide input. Good, man. Good. I'm glad you did that. Awesome. Raj GPS is like, what the hell? Pay attention. <laughs> Go ahead, Arlene. I, think I actually found that it was very helpful, and it was actually a nice way to, um, you know, really chat with the other agents and actually bond and make a relationship, and just talking to them about it. I never said that I thought the price was too high to them, or this is my seller's price, not my price. I always kept it as you know, a great way to do it. Oh, this is the system that I use. I really appreciate you doing this with me. And then we build the relationships with the agents because the buyers and sellers come and go, but the long-term relationships that we have and our reputation with the other agents is what really matters, you know, in my opinion. So 
I appreciate what you said, um, Hazen, and I really think, you know, your your opinion totally counts. And agents are asking, so if anybody asks me a direct question, I give a direct answer. Amen. So, it's all good. David, yes. When we talk about courage, I think that it's harder to go get the listing is to get a price improvement because they already trust us. They've given us the listing. They believe in us. And it's up to us to just speak with confidence. To have the courage, the courage should be there already because they've already made the choice in us. So go get it. And good luck, Raj. Yep, I agree with you, Aaron. Thank you so much for being on the call. Tony, if you can stay on for a minute, please do. Um, but everyone else, go out, have a great day. Go get your questions. Go have Thank a you. conversation. Do not reduce your commission. Go back to motivation and get them to price it where it will sell. Go do that. Go make it Thank happen. Thank you so much. Have a great day. At the beach, dude. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys.